When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape episode. We're going to be talking movies, video games, comic books, and TV with our good friend Chad Michael Collins. He's the guest today on the show. If you haven't heard Geekscape, well, we've been around for a long time. And if you're a new subscriber, thank you. Tell five of your friends to subscribe to us. If you're an old subscriber, you should have by now told hundreds of your friends all about Geekscape. Uh, we're here for you. Geekscape loves you. Welcome to the show. Um, a couple things on the talking points. Uh, I love the activity going on on our Facebook page. That is the Geekscape Forever Facebook group. Uh, if you're not a member, come join us. We're talking all sorts of things, the latest news and uh, what's going on in the community. If you want to meet up with other Geekscapists, it's the perfect place to do that. And there's always our standard Facebook page, which is really great. Uh, one thing that can also help is if you guys go on whatever podcatcher you are listening to this on and leave us a review. Maybe uh, hit that little share button and send it to your friends. That always helps us here on Geekscape. And of course, want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Loot Crate. Go to lootcrate.com slash Geekscape. Use that promo code Geekscape. You get a discount on any of those boxes that, uh, that you want to subscribe to. I do know there's a Star Trek box coming up in December for you Trekkies. And of course, Halloween's right around the corner. And we've got that Halloween box that I, I think they're going to put that out. That would be pretty awesome if they do another horror crate. Because I love the last one. I got Freddy Krueger chopsticks. <laughs> uh, speaking of horror, we're also going to talk a little bit about It, which I saw this weekend and I loved. But let's not delay anymore. I've got Chad here. Uh, Chad and I have kind of known each other a few, uh, for a few years. Just what, what would you say? Like in a peripheral sense? Yeah, we've mostly been two ships passing in the night. But every <laughs> once in a while, we'd give a honk and a wave. Make it sound romantic. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we met through Tiffany Smith. Tiffany Smith. Who I think is one of the most talented people I know. But she's an incredible host. Uh, if you guys don't know, she does DC All Access. Uh, I met her just in this whole game of hosting things on the internet for so long. Uh, and you guys hung out, and I, I met you once or twice at a party, and uh, and I was always like, "Damn, that guy is super handsome." 
<laughs> but beyond being handsome, he's uh, really charismatic and, and cool, and he's got a couple movies coming up. Uh, well, a movie and a series. So if you guys uh, are looking for things to watch, especially around that October 1st, October 3rd uh, week, uh, you can see Chad like multiple times. Uh, talk to me about this because you've got a pretty big uh, week coming up here in two weeks, uh, three weeks. Two, three yeah, weeks. October 1st, I have a new sci-fi series coming out called Extinct. And then October 3rd is the fourth Sniper movie I've done for Sony Pictures, uh, Sniper Ultimate Kill. Well, like, tell me about the Sniper series, because how long has this thing going, been going on? This is the fourth one. This one, Ultimate Kill, like, what happens if there's a kill after this one? Because I, this I should have been I the mean, ultimate. How do you one up ultimate? What's the know. first one called? Let's just uh, let's start with the beginning. Well, the first one was called quite simply Sniper, and that was 1993 with Tom Berenger and right. Billy Zane. Right. And since then, this is going to be the seventh installation uh, in the franchise with the Sniper Ultimate Kill. I've been a part of the last four, and I remember the the Billy Zane Tom Berenger movie because you know. Uh, you got that one, and then th- what was the second one? Do you know the second one? Second one was Sniper Two, and the third <laughs> one was Sniper Three. Wait, who was the Sniper Two? Was that just Billy by himself, hey, hey, or like Tom? Well, that was Tom, Tom Berenger. Tom Berenger was the through line for the first three. Okay, he, so they got uh, the third the one, title character, and the third one. Now what? Now there's a quiz almost. <laughs> the third one with Tom Berenger. What's that one called? The third one, Tom Berenger, Sniper Three. <laughs> they don't have any subtitle I, for any. They of them? didn't get creative until I came aboard. Um, so they they did these three movies. Um, kind of shelved the franchise for about eight years, yeah. and then they rebooted the whole thing where I play Tom Berenger's son, and that was 2011 Sniper Reloaded. So, is he in it? Does he show up, or is it just like one of those uh, throwaway lines where it's like his son is decorated, you know, officer? Da, da, da. Yeah. So Tom Tom wasn't in Sniper Reloaded. Uh, Billy Zane came back though and played his character, and became my mentor, and then Hold Sniper. On, that just got confusing. Wait. Yeah. Billy Zane played the character, played Tom, wait, played Billy Zane's original character? Yes. Okay. So they're reprising their okay. original roles. Okay. And, and so... So in the third one, he's like, or fourth one... It's been fun. It's like they've been trading off. So I did Sniper Reloaded. That was Billy Zane. Okay, and he shows years. up and he's like, let me tell you some stories about your father. Let me, yeah. Does he do something, something like that in the sort movie? Sort of, yes. yes. He's like, I remember being in the jungles of your fa- with your father. Yeah. You're every bit... And fighter he, he is yeah and and you know they set it up with the where i'm estranged from my father okay so he's the path of least resistance he comes in kind of takes a special eye huh. you know shine to me and and shows me the way of the the long gun the sniper but in, rifle and in, in you've got something to prove because you and your father don't get along so you're like don't compare me to my father yeah i'm better than my father yeah so it's a, it's been a fun evolution because when you first meet the the brandon beckett character son, son of thomas yeah. beckett who's yeah. the legendary yeah. tom berenger character you know i'm i'm an infantry infantry soldier daddy's uh-huh. never around so i you know and then I, I bump up against a a lethal sniper who basically takes out my entire squad in okay. one of these missions overseas so The only way to beat a sniper is to become a sniper. And that begins my journey into sniperdom that's now gone on for the fourth movie. Okay, so in Sniper Reloaded, you're just like a a regular infantryman and you guys get ambushed. Dude starts picking you guys off. Yes. And now it is a deadly game of like cat and mouse. Right. And you have to you have to take him out before he takes you out. Basically, so it's yeah. like almost like you're getting hunted. Mm -hmm. That's that's cool. Okay, I want to see that. It's fun. Then then the, the the fifth movie. Your second is Sniper... Sniper Legacy. Legacy, and okay. And this is where Dad comes back. Dad comes mix. back. Tom Berenger's is, in this one. 
is dad happy that you've taken up the 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 like the the family business or is he like no i've seen too much da 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 this isn't good for you you know we we kind of because the relationship is so strange going back to that movie we we don't really talk about it it's just kind of like i Get made my choices son and i'm like great let's focus on the mission dad it's it's really not a heartwarming reunion it's got its moments here and there but uh-huh. uh it's just kind of reestablishing him back in the universe. The more legacy. Or less. Yeah. That's that's really cool. Yeah. I think that's cool. I'm I'm mm-hmm. glad that they didn't just reboot the whole thing. I like that they I like that even though people who are discovering these movies starting with uh Reloaded are uh they can go back and watch them and it's kinda like binge viewing. You know what I mean? You can if you want to see the older sniper movies you're there. And I totally remember seeing the original sniper movie in Me theaters. Too. Um yeah. and so uh in this one you and Dad team up. Yeah, so this one is Sniper Ultimate Kill. It's the seventh overall, the fourth one I'm in, and it actually brings Billy Zane and Tom Berenger back to the fold together on screen All for the three first of you guys time. Are in this yeah, together? for the first time since the oh. original movie. So they're both in there playing their original roles, which you know their characters have gone here in their military Maybe career have some or gone differences. there. Yeah, so everyone's got differences, but we mostly all kind of play nice together finally and and focus on the task at hand. So it's it was really really fun. And what watching those task? guys do their things, you know, 20 years running. What's the task? The task like, is, is like to take out a, right here. a brutal drug lord down in Colombia. Uh-huh. And he's got a hired gun of his own with some advanced sniper techs, laser guided, uh-huh. this, that, whatever else that we don't even have. So, so it's still like a sniper versus sniper game. It always comes down to the sniper versus sniper, really. It's the only, you know, if there's a bad one out there, the only one to take him out is, is with a good one. A what better kind of one. Uh, what, what kind of research do you do for something like this? Because uh, my, my best friend in college, Geekscapist, I know you've heard me talk about being on college radio. Um, Kevin, my co-host, ended up being a sniper for years. He went to special forces, became a sniper mm-hmm. in Iraq for a couple tours, and is now in uh, in the Philippines training and doing private security and, and so he's still maybe possibly sniping people. But um, But I remember him telling me these stories, and some of the sniper stories are insane what kind of research did you do do we do we i mean this is something you've done for four films there's got to be yeah well i remember um the original sniper movie you know a lot of the stuff and a lot of the shots they recreated were based off a legendary marine sniper named carlos hathcock who Uh was kind of a vietnam vietnam era sniper and up to that point um he had had the most confirmed kills of any any marine sniper uh, that had ever existed, something like 76, 77. I'm probably getting that figure wrong. But he he had a couple of books detailing his experiences over in Vietnam. Obviously, Chris Chris Kyle, um, yeah. American Sniper. American I read Sniper. that book as well. And did you hear about the – I mean, do you know about the Polish guy, right? The, the Polish guy who during the, the, the Russian let – me, uh, let me – I'm going to go to the book. I never do this on the show, Geekscapist, but I have to go to the book of Please. knowledge. Um, Research. Well, I just had a film student a couple of years ago who mm-hmm. – wanted to make a movie about this guy and it was a great idea so please don't take it because this guy was he is i mean i think he's known as one of the greatest snipers of all time and his story is just kind of incredible um i'm gonna find this chat but (laughs) but his name was simo haya and Mm. in he they called him the white death of the of the red army or or whatever this guy took out a bunch of russians when they were invading poland and the, and he was born and here's what here's the crazy thing about it uh, he did it with a bolt action rifle yeah like he did it with a bolt lock, the bolt lock because 
This is the this is like 1939-40 mm-hmm. in the Winter War when like Russia was trying to invade Poland. He was just going in the snow and like taking these dudes out right. with a rifle. And when I mean, dude, it's insane. So mm-hmm. like this this undertaking of playing a sniper, like it's huge. It's the thing about, and I guess this is um, one of the more interesting things about what I've been able to learn and just have conversations about because we've had technical advisors uh-huh. who literally have you They're know snipers. war experience yeah. you know as, as snipers marine scout sniper a guy named patrick garrity was one of our guys over on one of the movies and he's seen some stuff he's, mm-hmm. he's gone down in a helicopter he's, he's he's hiked 50 miles in the dark up and down mountains carrying you know all his sort of stuff and and setting up and and being just with him and his spotter alone in one stationary position for seven days in a row like he'll tell you the stories like it's insane yeah the, the, and what i've discovered is for that one he, shot for one shot possibly yeah. and maybe yeah. you don't ever get the shot right and it's an it's an incredible and we explore it in this late th- this newest movie it's not just a, a job that is incredibly physically demanding because if i don't know if you've ever held a 50 caliber rifle but these things come mm-hmm. in anywhere between 25 and almost 40 pounds mm-hmm. so you're carrying this thing around um even just carrying it like like this out in front of you with your arms it's, it's incredibly exhausting you work in your in your what you're carrying in the movie is an actual one uh, like it, it's yeah. a, i mean it's it's not been hollowed out or anything like that like it's it's pretty damn heavy. It, it, it's it's close to legit as you can. Sometimes right. when you do movies in foreign countries, you have to kind of build out sure. a replica and stuff like that. Yeah, but the, I mean, you can't you get around the weight. The sniper rifle. Yeah, you, you really can't get around the weight. <laughs> you end up like the things. interview, you know, that movie where they send like <laughs> Seth Rogen and, right. to kill Kim Jong-un. Um, yeah, they probably don't want you walking around with a rifle no. in another country. But where did you guys shoot it? We This password we shot in Bogota, Colombia. Dude, to, that's nice. To double as Bogota, Colombia. Did you get to enjoy Bogota, Colombia? I was there for about a month. Um, you know, look, we, we shoot these movies in about a month, and right. it's a it's a crazy shoot, a lot of action, six days a week, full days every single day. Uh, so I didn't get to enjoy you know the city all that much, and and it was right smack dab in the filming of Extinct, which was in Utah. So I didn't get to take off that that week after you know and go yeah. to like uh, Cardania or one of the you beautiful had to go straight to beaches southern I didn't get Utah to go there. and shoot yeah. the deserts. Yeah, so I had to go right back to Utah, unfortunately. So I didn't get to enjoy Columbia for all its beauty on the coast. We were just right. in the in the city of eight million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was it was fun. It was an interesting experience. I love the Colombian people. They were super welcoming. We had a lot of fun when we had time to have fun. But very very interesting part of the world, honestly. A lot of a lot of interesting things always going on in Colombia. Where did you guys shoot the other uh, films? Were you able to travel yeah, we, at all? We shot the first one. Sniper Sniper Reloaded was in like around, in and around Johannesburg, South Africa. Okay. Uh, we we've done two in Bulgaria, where we've also dipped down into Santorini Island in Greece, and then uh, Istanbul and Turkey. That's insane. Yeah. So, so if we, you could, we you, get around on these movies, so you get, I mean, you, you have a chance. It kind of stinks that you can't just enjoy. You could have enjoyed Colombia. Did you get a chance to enjoy any of those other places? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I would I would take some time. I mean, before you got too popular, yeah, you had well, to just go gig to gig. Popular. Right. <laughs> so, I've been better about it. You know, traveling is such a perk of the job for me. A lot of people don't. They want to come right back home. And oh, really? Whether they have a plants or an animal or kids or a family, I understand, but I don't. I have a lifestyle that's have passport, will travel, basically. Mm-hmm. So I, I have. I've, I've spent you know an extra week in Istanbul. 
way before it got as dangerous and, yeah. and kind of as controversial as it is now. Um, well, gone down into Italy and Greece when I've been in that part of the world after a sniper shoot. So yeah, I've ta- I've taken advantage. That's cool. Yeah. Um, if you could set the fifth one that you're involved with anywhere, where would you, you know, so you can get your vacation because <laughs> you, you got shorted on this one. Uh, where would you set it? Like, where's the place where you'd be like, hey, guys, I was thinking maybe we should write one in. I would, there'd be no reason to go down there because it's not necessarily a hotbed of controversy or, or, or where, yet, warfare. But, yet. but, but I've always wanted to go down to like New Zealand. Like I've always I, wanted to. I think we should go to war. Or in Ireland. Like, you know, maybe, Ireland, can, maybe is, Ireland is more feasible for like a way, a, a, a background of strife if we're going to set a plot around it right okay so maybe ireland but you know what new zealand's looking a little glib don't like it you know i think you got i think you got got a couple hobbits i mean it's it's it could be hobbits it could be i mean just Uh, rabid sheep you basically propose shooting hobbits or leprechauns (laughs) for you fantasy fans here on geekscape I worked it back in. Which is fine. All right. I'll take it all day long. In this fifth sniper movie, you're going to be popping shots. <laughs> you're basically taking the heads off of Hobbits or Leprechauns. Well, I'm a, huge, I'm a huge fantasy genre fan. So, hey, look, if we want to take modern warfare and throw it up against, you know, Dragons lim- limerick magic. That'd be cool. Pots of gold. Let's do it. I'm, I'm all for it. I think... And, and I and I think because of Game of Thrones and all this stuff, you start seeing that um, Hollywood's embracing the nerd a lot more. And uh, I think, I mean, Duncan Jones's movie has the next movie has a couple like has a fantasy element to it. I think Duncan Jones's next movie has like trolls and stuff. And then uh, this Netflix original movie that has Will Smith in it that was done by yeah, what is Gavin? It, um, what was it called? What's his name? Yeah, he yeah. he. I think it is called Bright, and it, and uh, it's the director that did just did Suicide Squad, and it's mm. like basically like a police show or a police movie with your troll, like a troll being your partner well, on the streets, and so there is some meshing coming in through Hollywood and through the studios <laughs> of like fantasy elements mixed with real world. Um, you're gonna get your wish, man. You're gonna be shooting hobbits before. I love it, and, and you love That's doing cool. this. I mean, four movies in, you love doing the movies. I love doing them. There, it's fantastic, and and what's nice is there is you know an evolution of the character. Like I said before, he starts you know infantry soldier, boots on the ground, doesn't mm-hmm. know a sniper from anything else. Sniper and now rifle. You're a, now you're a killer, and now it's he his he's racked up an impressive kill count. We start to touch on in this movie where it's like, what does that do to you mentally? You mm-hmm. know, you're pulling the trigger from a mile away; they never see it coming. Now you multiply that times thirty five, forty. Like it starts to, you know. You start to question your morality. You start to mm. question your sanity a little bit, and we we kind of explore that a little bit. Like th- th- there's a there's a PTSD involved with with snipers and soldiers in this way, because they are making this judgment call. It is not like we're going to duel at ten paces and the best man wins. It's no, Same as we're going to do the recon. We're going to camp out for a week, and if I get the shot, I'm taking you out, and you never see it coming. So there's there's a whole different sort of trauma that comes with making those decisions consistently. We, we touch on that a little bit in this yeah, movie. Uh, did you talk to anybody about what that's like? Did you talk to like actual people who've gone through that kind of I have. Thing? I, I, I have had some conversations uh, with this, that, and whatever. And, yeah, I thought the movie American Sniper and that book American Sniper was such a great way to peel back the layer, you know, peel back the curtain a little bit on, on this whole profession in the way that we, we, could, we can't. We It'll just, mess honestly, you up. Yeah. 
And and you start to see that, and you and when you hear the story and, and how it all ended for him in this way, like you 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 saw what went on with him on a long enough timeline, the great patriot and great soldier that he was, you can't do that forever and not have it take its toll in a myriad of ways. So. Some people are very critical of him. Uh, and I find myself, it's tough to be critical of people who've been through extreme circumstances. And I mean, walking a mile in those shoes right. is not just like walking, the mi- walking a mile in anybody's shoes. You're walking a mile in somebody's shoes who've been through, you know, so... I, you know, it's because, because you do, I mean, there are things that people do that are, that are tough and, um, and, you know, people are pretty, pretty critical of like the circumstances of this and that, 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 that you come back damaged and you can't help but come back with some level right. of damage. There's no level of therapy. It's not a natural thing. That is going to, yeah, it's, it's not exactly. a natural thing to show up and, 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 and shoot people. It's not a natural thing. You have to right. have. A mental hardwiring for it. it. It it rarely occurs to anybody when they get out of bed to go and do this. We're we're no. mostly living a more peaceful place than not. So to make those decisions, it it kind of goes against. There has to be a lot of justification. There has to be a lot of thinking about a bigger picture. And and it's 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 a it's a call that I'm I'm glad that I get to do it in a pretend way right. because how incredibly challenging to be in those circumstances over and over and over again. And to make that judgment call and make those decisions, or, or frankly, just follow orders. It's right. really, it, it, it's a whole different world that I don't think most people could ever grasp. So to, to judge and to come down hard on that sort of stuff, I, I, I see that, that that might be easy to do on paper, but it is what it is. And, and again, you're right. To walk a mile in the shoes, could you imagine? Yeah, I, um, no, just the stories, like in seeing the change that, like, literally my best friend from college went through. And hearing the stories of like the circumstances for somebody who's, I mean, not to put Kevin on blast, but I feel like he was a fairly reluctant sniper, right. you know, and, and they're not all reluctant. Um, but he took the job seriously, which meant that he made, he, I mean, I think they all take the job seriously based on the, like where they are in their view of the circumstances. And there is a range of how people approach this job. Um, but it is not Call of Duty, you right. know, and um, and everything was a, a human life. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I mean, I don't know if Kevin was cut out for it. He was cut out for it because he did the job, but, um, and he came back and he did it multiple times, but it was like just seeing the change on him that the weight is profound yeah. and you, I can't relate. And it, it, was, it was, it was, that was the one thing where like I realized like, I was like, oh, the guy who literally was my best friend for a long time, I absolutely cannot relate to him on any level on this. And now we are strangers. It's like, this is where we are strangers. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about like all the Call of Duty and stuff like that, or the argument of desensitization in, in this? I mean, do you play those games? You know, I don't. I mean, I, I grew up a huge nin- on Nintendo guy, right. Super Nintendo guy. I've always loved PC gaming. Um, I'm not... Since the advent of you know Xbox One and PlayStation Four and how these things get bigger and better and then trust me they look super cool but I'm, I'm a Warcraft guy mm-hmm. and I like you know to throw back to like a Baldur's Gate two on PC <laughs> I, right. I'm really like I said before I'm a big fantasy nerd in that way and I those are the things that I prefer to play I'm not really as keen on the button masher games mm-hmm. in this way I've never really played. Halo or Battlefield or any any of these sort of things, Call of Duty. I've never really 
gotten into those as much. And I mean, they look incredible. I even bought one of the. There's a there's a sniper series mm-hmm. that was very popular, uh, the video game wise. And I actually bought a couple to do kind of like right. some more hands on like field research is, yeah. for these roles. I never got around to booting them up, just because my my you know my proclivities are my proclivities, and I love yeah. my Warcraft. I mean, what do you still play? Do you, do you still get a chance to play Warcraft at all? Uh, yeah, I'm actually, me and a, me, a buddy has not played since 2011, so we actually just this past weekend found a little time to get him back on the horse and just play a Holy little crap. bit. It's hard. Warcraft's hard because to be proficient at like a certain level, you've got to put in 40 hours. Yeah, you have to grind like, There's all just stuff. no way. And, but, the, so I like to play casually, but there have been times when I have logged some impressive amounts of hours and... I think that is a criticism that like Courtney on our Geekscape Games podcast was putting on. I was, I was listening to it and they were just talking about uh, Warcraft and how you have to do those quests or you just have to do those grinds where you're going to go out and do these kind of mundane things right. over and over again just to build up so you can get to that next level or get your weapon or some stat to the next level so that the game opens up anew. Right. You know what I mean? And Yeah. Um, just seems so damn like ah i don't know if i could do it well, the social it? aspect to it the social <laughs> the social aspect would have to be the redeeming quality right. for warcraft to me because yeah. grinding is hard it is it is and it can be monotonous and boring um but you're also thrown into this unbelievable like landscape sure. i always I, people are like what's warcraft like what is that i'm like imagine like a token universe sure times a thousand like that it's that detailed it's that the lore is a hundred times more extensive and so when you've got your dwarves and your gnomes and your night elves and your trolls and your ogres and everything running all around like it's really fun to just disappear what do you play into as? that uh you know i'm i'm an alliance guy i'm a good guy i don't really play the horde right. i don't i don't play the bad guys so i i mean i've i've created a lot of characters i've been playing since 2007 Right. So I've got a whole <laughs> wow. variety of, of high-level characters, but my my I'm very traditional. I'm very old school. So my main guy is a human paladin. Right. He's a sword and board guy in all his armor, and he's the protector. And you know, we, so we're, just, you, we're out there looking for the little guys, our, our friends. Right. And, and I mean, do you step in when you see like people get being bullied in the game <laughs> and stuff like that? Because I, I imagine, like, because I I saw that one video where that where someone had died in the real world and they held a funeral for him. So so hmm. there, so there was a guild, yeah, a group, a guild, a group right. of friends, yeah. And in the real world, if you guys Google this on 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 or YouTube this, it's 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 it exists. Mm-hmm. This actual person in the meat world died, and so his uh, so his guild threw him an in-game ah, like stage funeral, funeral in the stage game. Stage funeral in the game. Okay. Their rival guild stormed through it and started trying to kill everybody which is so wrong it's, on so many levels it's it was like so Westworld, disrespectful man. it is like Westworld but there's you know there's that option where it, it it's cool and for those who out there listening who haven't played Warcraft you know there's two ways you can play and one is you just play against all the computer generated content sure. so you're doing your quests and your raid bosses going to the and caves and dungeons and, that. and stuff yeah. yeah so it's a more collaborative effort in that way and you go there but then there's an, an entire other style to play and that's the called PvP, PvP yeah. player versus player oh, where no. it's like anyone can just show up anywhere and just start stabbing you like it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's really no. it's like deadwood it's like insane <laughs> what do you play 
I don't play PvP. Because it, it would piss me off. I can't keep running back to my dead corpse like over and over and Wouldn't over it again. Crazy? Like, it's, it's, it would be like that Tom Cruise movie, Edge of Tomorrow. Right. Just do you, dying and do you, starting over. But do you get, I mean, I would be so frustrated. Yeah, you get nothing done. You get nothing done. Exactly. Yeah. You experience zero story and it's just yeah. these, these rage nerds yeah. like coming and trolling you the entire time. Yeah, that's what they do. A lot of them do and and they'll sit there and this is amazing because I discovered this the hard way when I first started playing years ago. What's well, like GTA Online? Yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't know how to, like you can turn PvP off which basically makes you immune to random people just coming to kill you. Kill you. But I didn't know that at first. So like I'm, you know, I'm like all level five just, you know, Noobing running around out. with a wooden yeah. sword basically yeah. at, the, at, the, at the starting zones. And there's just like a, an end level, high level, you know, horde opposite faction player just camping out in like the noob zone and just like killing eighty people at a that time. That person's a jerk. That and you have to come stays. back. So what do you when you die? You you're, you have to come back to your body and regenerate. And he's just waiting there for you. So as soon <laughs> as you horrible. respawn, he's just you know hitting you nu- in the head again, nukes you again. Which I was like, oh, this is fun. This guy's spending his entire Saturday night. <laughs> Just killing level one players. Oh, what's over that and over guy again. about? Like, yeah. what is going? Like, <laughs> what? Like, I I have to imagine that that guy comes home from like school, and his dad's like, "Where you been, boy?" Yeah, and he's like, "Shut up, dad!" And he goes down to his computer, and that's where he has control. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that is where he. That is where he is you God because everything in else, everything else in his life is like. Stop making fun of me. Yes. The voices are just like, you're going to be a loser for it. No, stop it. <laughs> I'll show you. Yeah, his fourth grade teacher really did him wrong. <laughs> well, the Warcraft episode of South Park, by the way, is, is fantastic. So accurate. If you've never seen it, it's really, 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 really quite funny. Because, you amazing. know, those guys are geniuses, but it just looks at how easily you can get sucked into this world in this way. But I, I'm, You haven't I'm, come out of it. I'm casual. I mean, I. You say you're casual. Well, I've just booted up again for my buddy to help him, you know, get acquainted. But Don't before blame that, your friend. No, I had a, I had, to, I had canceled my subscription for six or seven months, which oh, is wow. probably the longest time that I had gone. But even then, I was shooting between the sleeper right. movie and the right. extinct show. I was shooting for six months straight, so I barely played yeah, at all could. during that time. So you could but, get a coin it's like AA like, yeah. like you should I get find like, myself a coin. coming back when like like Tiffany I've started right. teaching Tif- Tiffany Smith how to play so when she, she wants to boot it? it up we'll get on it together you know when my buddy wants to come back to we'll get on it together I've got a couple other buddies that play and we'll try to just meet up once in a while because it's it's like you're in there playing it's it's like having a phone call or a Skype call with a pal and I think that's like, you're running around killing demons and, and that's the only way I would get into the game because yeah. I would be so lost. Yeah. So I would need someone who has that level of experience to lead me through this because I would show up and be and like, I, think I have that's no why idea what I'm doing. This is too appeal. immense. That's the appeal for me because I think RPGs have always been my favorite. Yeah. You know, I think from your Zelda to your Final Fantasies to whatever else, I like a little challenge. It's hard to get through Warcraft without doing a bit of research. It's right. hard not to have a wiki page opened up. You're like a human and, wiki yeah, page. You have to kind of keep on it because the lore is so extensive. The gameplay is so involved. That you know, you could show up and within an hour you could really have the fundamentals locked down for mm-hmm. a Call of Duty, just button mashing your way into figuring it out. Yeah, and never for Warcraft, loved games. It, it to be an elite player to play at the end level, the end game level, you have to put in a little bit of work. There's websites that teach you everything. You got to go like, all in. Yeah, skills, rotations, how to set up your keyboard, and that's this, you? that, whatever. You can do that. Yeah, I can do it. Well, I've been playing <laughs> so this casual. long. If I still can't do, it, if I'm still point and clicking my way through it after ten years, that would be. 
just a dark. So shame. you throw all the you have all the quick keys like you use the whole keyboard. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's insane. Oh, yeah. That's insane. Um, so tell me about Extinct because Extinct came on the radar. Uh, I, I, it may have been through a publicist, but I got this this email and I was like, oh, this looks cool. And BYU TV came on my radar because my friend Felice, who lives in Ohio, I went and stayed with her. Um, when I was running a, a race and it started in Ohio, and and so I stayed there, and her daughter was all about this BYU TV show, Studio C, which yeah. is a, which is a comedy show, and I had not thought about BYU, um, the college, as this center for an entertainment studio, and in I mean, in secret to me, it has turned into a bit of a of an online juggernaut. It's it does really well, and it's it. You're right. It's a small network. It's mm-hmm. it's completely owned and operated and run by Brigham Young University, right. which is huge and worldwide. And they have their own network with their own content. And our show lives on that network. It's a new show coming out October first called Extinct. But Studio C is a big success for them. It's a it's sketch like comedy yeah. show. Mm-hmm. In, in 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 Felice is LDS, like like she is mm-hmm. she is Latter Day Saints, and so. Like she's raising her daughter LDS, and she's a huge yogi. But her daughter was so enthused by it, and I'm, I always try not to be a cynic and be like, "All right, well, this is the, you know," because I'm not LDS. Uh, my biggest exposure to, you know, LDS is that I'm an enormous weird Utah Jazz fan. Um, <laughs> so, and I find myself on like message boards online. Sad day. <laughs> like, I have sad to realize day for the jazz right now. No, I don't think it is. I really no. don't think it is. I think that they're being completely underrated. Um, okay. I think that they're still Gordon having, I, 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 that's fine. I still think that they have a top three defense. And if you have a top three defense, you're going to, you're going to it's win true. 45 games a season. You'll be competitive. You'll be incredibly you competitive. I think they're going to be, I think they're going to it surprise the West, some though. people. It's the West absolutely is, the West. tough. Absolutely, the West. I don't know how they're going to score <laughs> <laughs> unless Ricky Rubio literally becomes Jason Kidd, which is his stat trajectory right now. Well, maybe Carl Malone will take some time away from the many car dealerships he has up in and around Salt Lake and come yeah. back and suit up for you it's guys. Tri- he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to suit up. He just needs to uh, do some work with Favors because um, <laughs> I think Favors is Favors had an off year. It's the one thing nobody noticed when they right. now we're talking basketball fans. I can go down this rabbit hole for very long, but. Um, what nobody notices is that, like in their fifty-five game season, everybody, every in their fifty-five win season, everybody was injured. Yeah, everybody was injured, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, they still won, and they still won fifty-five games. And so it's oh, like, it could have been. They're going to be fine. Nothing is what could have been when the Warriors are the Warriors. So mm-hmm. like everybody's going to be like, oh, what could have been? Yeah, if that all, team didn't it's all exist. A point. Yeah, um, but I think they're going to be fine. I think their rankings going into the season are a little low, but that's their surprise. Um, anyway, that is my exposure to BYU TV, BYU, yeah. and then BYU TV, the Studio C show. I found it to be really funny. You don't, it's very funny. You, you don't. I, like, I didn't need to be LDS Not or anything at all. to think any of these jokes were, you know. And I was like, oh, some of these jokes are actually kind of risque, <laughs> you know, because when you think of like the, you know, you think of Mormons, you think of kids on their mission when they're, you know, they're tie, they got the, the 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 neckties and they're suited up and they're proper boys and. Book of Mormon and all that, and I thought I found this to be fun. Uh, so, Extinct, I'm going to check out. Tell me about it. It's a sci-fi yeah. series where you guys are in the future. Uh, yeah, we are. We are. Well, well, to touch on the BYU TV, I wasn't as aware either that they had their own television. Are you LDS? Network. I am not LDS. Yeah. Um, and and I wasn't so familiar with BYU TV when this project came around. Um, 
the the and I like I said before, I spent about five months up in Salt Lake, Provo area, right around the university. But BYU t- TV is is completely cutting edge digital. They have an amazing center there. They've won dozens and dozens dozens of Emmys for their programming, and their whole kind of model for the network is see the good in the world right so it's very cool and it, and it, and you know they i think they do programming centered around lds but for the most part most of their programming is you know their show called random acts which is like literally going around the country and doing huge random acts of kindness for families like it's really kind of a feel-good mm-hmm. sort of network overall and I, I was so pleased to discover that so we did this sh- series extinct which was co-created by um, Aaron Johnston and Orson Scott Card. Orson Scott Card's really well known in the sci-fi fantasy game for Ender's Game and and that ongoing series. And, and Aaron Johnston has been his writing partner on a lot of these uh, continuing this continuing franchise for a long time. So they created this series that basically takes us 400 years in the future after the human race is dead on yeah. extinct. And what, you guys got frozen or something? We didn't get frozen. We got every single human being got annihilated. Right. The, the alien invasion took us all out. 400 years later, a small group of us find ourselves reconstituted. There's a benevolent alien oh. race that comes down. With our memories intact, they just reconstitute us from the organics around you know the, the, the Earth that's right. left over. And they, you know, using their magical... Future so your space technology. Was annihilated. So you all yeah. remember being annihilated. Exactly. Yeah. So you're so, like, oh, I was dead. Yeah. So it's there's there's three or four seemingly random characters at the beginning of the show that are reborn, is what we call right. it, and and we're stitched back together by this benevolent alien race with our memories intact. We don't know why we're here. We don't know what happened. We don't know who this person is next to us. And so we're trying to survive in a post-apocalyptic environment while also wrestling with what happened with the past, figuring out who is who, who is here with me now and what is our new purpose on life. This is our second chance to kind of restore humanity, but we're, we're surviving in a strange place in a strange time. And then, and then, of course, there's the lingering alien threat that existed that took us out in the first place. Right. So. I mean, but is that is that a religious message? That show? Like, uh, what do you think? We don't touch on it. it right. It's really there's nothing heavy handed about this show. It's an action adventure sci fi series that's complicated enough for adults to be very entertained, hmm. but a family can sit down and watch this easily, like they could have once upon a time. It's really. It, it, we don't do a lot of the violent stuff. We certainly mm-hmm. don't do any of the, the the skin and the gratuitous with the, the you know the sexual overtone that you'll see in right. a lot of the other you know versions of thing. It's really got that OG Star Trek feel to it in a way that nothing is going to be heavy handed, but at the same time you're talking about all your themes. You know what is our purpose? Why are we here? It's about hope. It's about love. It's about family. It's about this camaraderie. It's about finding the new path you know and and reconciling your past and so it's it's really there is nothing to 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 really do with lds in right. the series it's completely independent it just so happens to air on byu tv and is that a network is that a youtube channel like what, what i mean where's yeah. what's the best way to find it i mean you can go all over the place most people that have extensive cable and, and, right. and dish packages will find it at byu tv but all their content like i said they're independently owned and operated so Everything is free on their website, BYUtv.org. So you can watch it there for free, or you know they have apps, so you can download the BYU TV app for free and watch all their content. It just seemed like the well. last six months. I was like, "Whoa, this is yeah. a, this." 
this company is actually a, a mm-hmm. bit of a force to record. Like they're actually doing some stuff. They're they're doing some moving and shaking. I and think the programming's fantastic, honestly. And and this is only the ses- second scripted series they've tried. Yeah, and I did. Um, and I, in having seen some of their stuff, I didn't see any major religious hitting over the head message stuff. No. You know, so and I think that 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 is some. Mm-hmm. That would be give people if they have any trepidation. That would that would be the cause yeah. of it is being like, hey, I'm you know I'm not LDS or I'm not religious at all. Da, mm-hmm. da, da, is this for me? And I found it kind of reassuring to be like, okay, good. Like nobody's trying to hit you over the head with a message. They're, not at all. They're trying to entertain and yeah. and like you said, this is entertainment that is not go- doesn't doesn't feel like it has to go to any gratuitous level. Like, not at all. Either, yeah, and, and that's I think that that's kind of. I think the show was created in in this way where it's like we can tell a great story, we can build a whole new universe that people can come and and play in and enjoy with us, but we don't have to do it the way a Walking Dead does it. We don't have to do it the way that a Game of Thrones does it. We don't have to behead people. We don't have to have naked orgies. It's not going yeah. to look anything like that. Well, I mean, I think I think that's caught up with Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Just saying, like I I didn't watch the seventh season of Walking Dead. Um, I feel like that kind of you know torturing so and it, and it stinks because i mean scott gimple's been on the show he's the showrunner of walking dead mm-hmm. and i do respect that show you have to respect that show because it's done so well yeah um but but i can't help but but sense this undercurrent in fandom where it's like okay well if this show is just like how gratuitous can we get and there's not a lot of movement in the show then it's not going to satisfy us. This last season of game of thrones moved so aggressively yeah. then, then that was the that was the criticism of season seven in the other direction, which was things are happening so fast. This right. is just turning into an action show. Yeah. And some of the conveniences of that are starting to show mm-hmm. characters aren't dying or there's way too many last second saves coming right. out of nowhere. People are teleporting across Westeros. <laughs> like, it's aggressively fast. Yeah. So I don't know how you want it, fans. You can either have aggressively fast and people are teleport- doing like quick teleports across Westeros or you've got a very slow, study Walking Dead show where every now and then they beat somebody's head in. Right. Um, I don't know where you want it, but if you want something that doesn't have any heads beating in, people getting chomped on or beheaded, <laughs> and it's just a well-paced story, would you say? Then maybe it's a the instinct is for you. What's nice is we, we, we pepper the entire story because we are, you know, these characters are, are reconstituted with their memories intact. Right. So we do a lot of flashback stuff in the way that lost did it so oh, cool. well and so the character development's really really there and you get to have glimpses of 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 these characters in their past where you know when they're with their families you know mm-hmm. one of the my co-stars york fryer he plays a character called abram he's reconstituted and he's 25 years old his last memory was of himself being a 67 year old grandfather so you oh, flash oh, back to him as the old man you so it's know? not so young it's, people getting constituted yeah. as young people it's, it's all it's all over the stuff. place so it's really really quite fun in that way and that we focused more on the character development more on the story but there's tons of action adventure I shoot a five foot long bow you know That's like, cool. I mean live I think I saw that on your, on yeah, your Twitter or something there's all sorts of, we had great you know fight choreography and stuff like that and again we're not taking Negan's bat over anyone's right. head. But at the same time, there's some fisticuffs and a lot of running and jumping and So this is a science work. fiction show where everyone, no matter when they, how, when, when they died in their lives, gets reconstituted 
at their most attractive self. I can, <laughs> I can get behind yeah. that. <laughs> like, when were you most attractive? That is when you're showing back. Well, up. I guess the purpose of this, <laughs> you know, of bringing us back at a certain age was just because, like, if we're going to restore humanity, yeah. we need to be kind of young, vital, and to be able to survive in you the have harsh environments. You have to have yes, some sick you have abs. to. <laughs> think of the mating. Think of the mating, Jonathan. I'm going to check it out. I'm going to check it out. Um, <laughs> In the spirit of do good, I, I got to tell you that this past weekend, I'm my throat's a little weird because I did a 24-hour scavenger hunt called Questival, and it is nationwide. It's put on by this company called Cutapaxi, and Cutapaxi's whole thing is they do uh, outdoor gear. So they do like um, – I, I, th- I know you Geekscapers who've listened to the show have noticed that over the fa- past couple of years I've turned myself into a little bit of a jock um, with the running and the, the, the stuff. So uh, I I – ran upon this this race called Questival because my friends were going to do it and I put a six person team together and for 24 hours we did a scavenger hunt across LA and around LA and the campsites and in the city and really like some of the challenges were co- collecting trash on a public beach and so there's a lot of do good doing you know doing things for strangers That's great. hugging strangers doing a lot of there was a lot of positivity stuff and the whole message is like doing good in your community but also discovering your community like going to places in LA that you not necessarily would want to uh, would have gone to in your normal day to day um unless it was worth 9 points 6 points or something and then <sighs> going there and doing something cool with this historic uh, neighborhood or with a historic mural or with a historic building and uh, also like some camping elements and there's no way that you could get all of the points that they're challenging to do in the scavenger hunt. You can barely I don't think that we completed half of the points and we still accrued the most points of any team. We ended up sixth out of 177 teams. Wow. We really gunned it, and it was so much fun. I ate a beetle, which was weird. Huh. Um, it kept crawling up and not trying to crawl out of my mouth, and I kept being like, "Go down! I'm not going to crunch you. I don't want to chew on you." Um, oh. You know, we we it was a lot of fun, and damn, was I tired come Sunday. But it was really reassuring, and and, and if it comes to your neighborhood uh, and or your city, get five of your friends, put them together, and do this questival because you get. I mean. It's probably $40, $48, which is really cheap for any type of race. And the backpack they give you from this group, Cotopaxi, because Cotopaxi stuff isn't cheap. They do donate portion of the purchases to uh, to um, charities, but they make really nice outdoor gear, like really nice uh, clothes and really nice stuff. Uh, and this backpack that they give you is like a hundred dollar backpack and they just yeah. give one to you for paying $40 to do their one. raise. The Cotopaxi backpack? I have, I have a rucksack and guess who gave it to me to bring this back around? The Utah Film Commission. Really? Lovely people in Utah where I we filmed the series. based in Salt Lake City. That I think Cotopaxi is based and it's yeah. got a llama on it? Yes. That's a Cotopaxi bag. I still have it. And it's, it's really damn nice. Really it's high in, end. Really nice. I was like, are you kidding me? So this race was a, a lot of fun. It did help that I started my L.A. film career as a runner delivering film film reels and things uh-huh. to different places in L.A. because I knew those streets like freaking baby driver. People were like, how are you doing this so, so fast? I was like, I know every street Los Angeles. I had Angeles. a Thomas Guide when I first got here. I am now the, the Thomas Guide. Yeah. And it's crazy because I, I kind of knew, you know, <laughs> I kind of knew where – like what we could do. So we, we set up some strategy and we just gunned it. So if you guys hear of Questival or Cotopaxi, especially these Questival races, it was definitely worth it. Um, I was not too tired to go see 
it last night uh the new version of it that's out i mean if you guys really want to go into detail on it we have a great show for that it's called the horror movie night podcast and matt and scott uh they do a great job of reviewing it um and will and so listen to the show because i know that they put up a very spoiler filled episode it is up on the horror movie night podcast feed they go really into detail on it uh I, I just from reading the 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 brief mention that that Matt put up when he ho- posted the episode. There's a little bit of audio issues, but if you enjoyed the movie as much as I did, I don't think it's going to keep you from enjoying that episode. So I would definitely go listen to that. Uh, I thought the movie definitely pulled no punches. It was what a horror movie should have been. Incredibly horrifying, incredibly emotional. Uh, it had a it had an incredible style to it, but the characters were fantastic, which you would expect from a Stephen King story. Um, this one was fantastic. I cannot recommend it enough. If you're a horror fan, if you're not a horror fan, there will be parts of the movie that you'll enjoy. Just be careful because you'll know within the first five minutes that this movie will go places that are pretty hardcore. Um, so enjoy. I hope you're not afraid of clowns. Uh, I thought it was one of my favorite movies of the year so far. Um, and I definitely recommend it. Um, so, Chad, have you heard about Sniper Five, the fifth Sniper movie? Is there talk of this fifth Sniper movie? What has to happen for there to be one? Um, it's wait and see. Like honestly, I'm just I'm always pleasantly surprised when they come back around and want to do another one. Um, so October third is kind of important. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. And uh, and and the fun thing about this was with, we we re- released. Uh, Sniper Ghost Shooter, which was the third one that I've been a part of, the sixth one overall. You Oh, we didn't kill ghosts. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know. We're going to get there. We're going to kill ghosts eventually. The people you sniped We're going to have a ghost back. bullet. And it's the people just... you've sniped come back <laughs> for revenge. Oh, gosh. And now you got to snipe them. Oh, it's going to be Six snipe. Cents meets, I don't even know. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> so, sort of. But we, we, we did that, and less than a year later, we, we shot another one. So there's so, a chance. Yeah, sometimes, a year you could sometimes we turn around in less than a year. That's we, cool. You know, because they're doing well. These movies do well internationally. Uh-huh. I think they play in over 50, 60 international territories. They're, a lot of them are, are, a lot of times they're sold as TV movies over sure. there. So, which is great, because I'm interacting with fans from everywhere from Australia to the Philippines to the Middle East, you know, Indonesia, South America. Like, they're, they're, it has a really wide scope a really wide reach and and so hopefully this one does well over there too and domestically we do okay to the point where we do another one hopefully it gets you to new zealand i would love it and new zealand has this it. new zealand is overthrown by a foreign dictator no i don't even sauron i can't even sauron will come down from the mountain i don't even know what the story would be but you sniping it in, in new zealand sounds like that has to happen and then is there talk of an extinct season two uh, not yet. We are waiting to see how it this one does. Apparently, I mean, this is their second scripted drama, mm-hmm. second scripted show. So, I think that uh, the, the the powers that be over there want to wait and see. They're they're playing with new formats. You sure. know, we're going to on October first. It's going to be the first and second episode back to back, and from that point on, you can actually binge watch uh, all the way up to episode eight. And then they're going to dial it back and still release them every single week, every single Sunday after that. How many that, episodes are there total? There's 10. Okay. And and the finale will be a two-parter, but the episode's 9 and 10. So so they're playing with formats and, and yeah, just generally, I mean, they've, like I said, second scripted show. They've never done sci-fi before. So 
hopefully we get a season two. And, you know, we've set it up in season one that we're like going to go on a really fun ride. And there's this beautiful mix of almost kind of like a Mad Max feel because we're cobbling scrap together just to survive and put together outfits and what whatever there is left for us to scavenge. But it's also mixed in with all these great VFX and alien technology and everything else. So it's really got a... I don't even know how you would call it. You can't call it steampunk. You can't call it quite medieval. Right. You can't call it quite post-apocalyptic because there is all this alien technology that we 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 come across and that is represented in this way. So it's it's a really fun universe, and I really hope we get to do a season two because it it, it felt like we were just getting started by episode ten. Geekscape us go and give them some numbers. Uh, and again, that show is free if you guys go on the BYU TV website. You guys probably stream them all and they'll probably be i mean i'm from what you just said they'll probably all be up on the site by little by nova by thanksgiving uh yeah well anyway. yeah thanksgiving and and you know it'll air like i said every sunday subsequently consequently uh, con- what's the word uh Gosh. sequentially sequentially yeah thank you Thank yeah. you, my friend. It's okay. Yeah. It's all right, man. But I, I'm but there I, for you. I do think there will be the uh, all eight episodes up after October 1st where people can just kind of plow through them and then they'll have to be horribly impatient all the way through for the Thanksgiving for the last for two. Last if they want to do that to themselves, right. that, that'll be an option. Cool, man. Um, well, I hope that you guys check it out. Uh, where can we follow you on like social media? Cool. I'm on all the social medias. Um the Twitter is at Collins Chat M. Instagram is the same at Collins Chat M. And then I've got the Facebook fan page, uh, Chad Michael Collins, you know, on Facebook. So come say hi. Well, um, I loved having you on the show, dude. I loved actually like getting to know you because I know we've like met, but we didn't really talk that much. We didn't, and now we're talking. Well, you know, when we meet in this way, like there's always such huge groups. I don't and love so the parties. many people. Ca- yeah, I don't love the parties. It's just you know you got to speed speed small talk in that way, and you can't always have like a great authentic one on one conversation. Sometimes you get to have those at those parties. And it's mixers, so loud, but, and I don't want to sound like an old yeah. person, but no, guys, the logistics of having to talk to someone when it's so damn loud, <laughs> it doesn't. It's not an age thing. Mm-hmm. It is a I can't hear what you are saying to right. me, and I can't read lips. Uh, I skip them at Comic-Con, as many of you know. I skip the parties. I go have dinner. Never been to a party at Comic-Con that's as good as sitting down at a dinner with friends. It's my style, Period. too, man. I like the one-on-one better. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for going one-on-one here on Geekscape. Geekscape, is, you can always find us on all the social media stuff. There is a, there is a new Instagram, Geekscape Forever, uh, that you guys can join. Uh, the uh, Shane and Courtney uh, and Taylor went up to PAX West. They took a ton of photos of cosplayers, and they're fun there. And I think, um, I, you know, uh, I think they had a blast. So you guys can see those photos up uh, on the Instagram. I know that they also hit the Facebook. So that's Geekscape Forever. I think you guys can enjoy it. Um, I'm Jonathan London. And again, like, tell your friends about Geekscape. We have an episode for you guys every week, and we have for the most part for the last 10 years. So (laughs) enjoy that. Not guilting you guys to go show the love and spread the love, but just telling you, hey, we're going to be here, so don't feel bad about letting your friends know about us because this is family. Geekscape loves you, and we'll see you guys next week.